Did your family ever have a food that was so good that you fought over it? In my family, it was my grandma's red hot cinnamon sweet pickles. They looked like this, and they were so good. She used red hot cinnamon candies to make them, and they were this mixture of sweet, hot, vinegar, salty, oh, they were perfect. It's a central Pennsylvania thing, but every time grandma would make them, all of the grandkids would get wide-eyed with excitement. We came from a big family, big extended family, and oh man, were we excited when grandma made them. But after the excitement came the suspicion and fear. You started to side-eye all the other cousins. They look a little too excited. And you started to plan where you were going to sit at the dinner table. And you wanted to be close to the pickles. And you tried to figure out, were we going to pass to the right or to the left? Because you wanted to be first. And you took note to see if anybody took too many pickles. It had to be fair. And there was this feeling, what if there wasn't enough? And so you had this feeling all mixed up of excitement, of fear, of scarcity. What was coming? Oh no, oh, grandma's pickles, mm, they better not take more than their share. Have you ever been there in life where there was something that you were worried about, about maybe not having enough, to the point where you began to get anxious? Or maybe you began to wonder, is life really fair? Wondering whether maybe it's your turn and you're waiting, you're waiting for that thing to come your way. When's it gonna be my turn? Maybe you're there this morning and life hasn't turned out the way that you wanted it to. It didn't turn in up the way that you, you dreamed in your mind that it was gonna be. You had this picture from the time you were a kid and life just hasn't gone that way. And you're wondering, you're waiting. And, and this thought begins to creep into the back of your mind. And you try to dismiss it, but it comes back over and over and over again. And, and when you're trying to go to sleep at night or maybe something triggers you and there that thought comes again. And ultimately, it leads you to this question. Have you ever wondered if God is holding out on you? Feeling like, like you don't have enough. God, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. Or God, I'm not good enough. Or, and, and life just isn't going the way that you wished that it would. And, and there seems to be a lack. And, and it's just this feeling that, that you're missing out on life. Life seems to be passing you by. You don't have enough to keep up with the neighbors or, or I don't know, but there's this feeling of, God, I wish I could, I wish, I wish. And you're feeling like you're missing out. Well, here's a little secret. You're not alone. We have all struggled with this at some point in our life. Of course, we know that the right church answer, that, that God's not holding out. We know all of the Sunday school things, but we still doubt and we still struggle. I know I do. This morning, we're going to take a look at some people who struggled with this same thing. And we're going to look at what God's word has to say about it all. You see, this isn't unique to us and it's not unique to our generation. I want to pick up a story from Scripture. But before we do, I want to remind us, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. 
American history reminds us that the first Thanksgiving was a response to the generosity by the Native Americans to new immigrant pilgrims who were unprepared for the new world. But did you know that Thanksgiving isn't the first harvest festival in response to God's provision? In fact, the Jewish people had a celebration thousands of years before the very first Thanksgiving, and it was called Sukkot or Sukkoth, or the Festival of Booths. And today, we're going to look at the story of Moses leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. And it comes from Exodus chapter 12. So Moses is here, and he's channeling his most dramatic Charlton Heston. And he says, let my people go. You see, For God commanded his people to go out into the desert for a festival to celebrate God, to celebrate his goodness. But Pharaoh has repeatedly said no. In fact, not only did he say no, he said, work harder. You don't have time to celebrate. Then he says, make bricks without straw. But then came the final straw. You see, God always has the final word. And when God sent the plagues, including the final plague, which was the Passover, where the firstborn of all Egypt died, yet the angel of death passed over and spared the Israelites to remove any doubt that God was defending his people. Pharaoh finally had enough. In Exodus 12, verse 31, it says this, During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up! Leave my people, you and the Israelites, Go, worship God as you have requested. You see, Pharaoh is so worked up, he can't even finish his sentences. He's just saying, up, go, bye, go worship God, do whatever you have to do. And so the Israelites, in verse 37, the Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth. And there, there were about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. And there were many more that went with them. And one of the first places where they settled was in the area of Sukkot. And it was here that God commanded them to build simple booths out of of the sticks that they found and leaves that they put over top to live in and to celebrate God's provision. Right in the midst of whatever they were going through, God made a way. And so to this day, the Jewish people still celebrate the fall festival of Sukkot. And this year, it was a couple of weeks ago, from October 9 to 16. And during Sukkot, they build booths in their backyard or at their synagogue, like the one pictured here. And maybe some of you have seen them. When Jen and I lived in Pennsylvania, we lived in a Jewish neighborhood, and some of our neighbors would build them. And it was so neat to see this story come alive. They still celebrate it today. And God knows that sometimes we need to physically do something to remind our minds of this truth. And so they took time to celebrate God's provision while eating in a booth that they had built in their backyard or at their synagogue. And it's this harvest celebration, but it's also a celebration of how God provided in simpler times when life was hard in the desert. And one of the great themes of Judaism is the theme to remember. I've often heard it said, to be Jewish is to remember. 
to remember the faithfulness of God, to remember the goodness of God, to remember that no matter what your circumstances, no matter what they were or what they currently are, in the good times or when you are homeless and you lived in booths, to remember that God is enough, that God was faithful, that God is faithful, and that God will be faithful again. But the Israelites were just like us. And so often, they forgot. And so Scripture repeats this idea of the faithfulness of God in a few other places. And so let's take a look at a few other passages where Scripture reminds us that God is enough. Let's turn to Psalm 23. It says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, Psalm 23 is actually one of the most recited passages in the entire Bible. It's comforting to be reminded that God is good even in the midst of the hard times. That is why it is so often read in hospitals or at gravesides. You see, there are few things that are more comfortable than sharing a plentiful meal surrounded by the people that you love. That's why Thanksgiving is so beautiful. But even more comforting is to know the power and comfort of these words and to boldly celebrate and declare God's goodness when you are literally surrounded by your enemies. And that is why Israel, that is what Israel did at Sukkot. They celebrated God's faithfulness with a festival when Egypt was about ready to chase them when Pharaoh changed his mind before the big showdown at the Red Sea. You see, they're not completely free yet. They're in the middle of it. And it's here that God says, build booths and celebrate my provision of leading you out and how I will lead you. It's a reminder that no matter how unsettling or upsetting your life may seem at times, you can always find comfort in God's presence. David, the author of this psalm, is painting a picture of God as host of this over-the-top feast where there is like this huge spread of food. And God is this good host. The, the, the food won't stop coming. Won't stop, can't stop. You know, and, and your cup will never be empty. And you will never run out. And David mentions that his cup overflows. Psalm 23 reminds us that the goodness and love of God that is so strong that it overflows and it follows us wherever we go, even when you don't feel it. Even when you are struggling to experience it in your circumstances, God's love and grace are overflowing and they are following you. And, and, and David is painting this picture of God's goodness that is rich and lavish to the point of being extravagant, almost to the point of it overflowing and being wasted. It, it's so good. Another scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 to 11. This time I want to read it from the Passion Translation. It says this, Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace 
so that you will have more than enough of everything. Every moment and in every way, he will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Just as the scripture says about the one who trusts in him, because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies your every need, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. You see, God is painting this picture of God is more than enough. More than we could ever need. It's abundant. It's, it's not just overflowing, but Scripture uses this word, it's overwhelming. Overflowing and overwhelming. I really love this translation because it helps me to see it with new eyes and, and how much God is watching out for His people. Why does all of this matter? Why does it matter that, that we have an overflowing, overwhelming, in grace and goodness kind of God? Because just like the pickles, when we sense scarcity, it changes us. Scarcity leads us to fear, and fear leads us to scarcity. Just like a couple of years ago with toilet paper during COVID, you could hardly buy a roll anywhere. And all the while people were struggling to find some, there were people who were hoarding it with garages full of it, making stores run out even faster. And it was this cycle of fear. On the other hand, abundance breaks the cycle and moves us to thanksgiving. And thanksgiving moves us to generosity. And that's the picture that 2 Corinthians 9 is painting for us. And it's saying that, that God is a kind of God of not scarcity, but abundance and overflowing. And he wants to break the cycle of fear in our lives to where we sense God's goodness and that we too are overflowing. And in the second part of 2 Corinthians 9, it's not just about God being enough. It's also about how God multiplies our generosity to meet the needs of those around us. You see, first he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. This passage is showing us the heart of God in his generosity towards us. And then God is inviting us to have the same heart towards those who are around us. And so this morning, I want you to see the power of this text, of what God is doing here and for us. Because Sukkoth was the original Thanksgiving, where God showed up time and time again in the story of Exodus. Yes, it had been 400 years of waiting for God, 
But here, even as they're like most of the way towards the desert, they're in the desert, but they haven't been freed from Pharaoh yet, right there in the middle of it all, they take a moment to build booths and to thank God, knowing that he's going to carry them through. And then he doesn't just take them out, but he actually triumphs over Egypt at the Red Sea. And then God not only shows up, but he shows off by being more and and more than we could ever ask or imagine. It's not just escaping Pharaoh, but defeating Pharaoh. It's not just barely enough, but rich and overflowing to the point of overwhelming, like we saw in Psalm 23 and 2 Corinthians 9. And this is one of the reasons why I love the Thanksgiving holiday that we just celebrated this week. More than the nostalgia of going home, and oh, the nostalgia of going home is that warmth and goodness. Oh, that's, I love that part of Thanksgiving, but it's more than that. And more than the warmth of being with family and friends, and don't get me wrong, I love being with family and friends, but there's something more that God wants us to see. What I remember about Thanksgiving was the abundance. I am sure that some of your families are similar to mine. You see, we would eat until our hearts were content. It was almost like we draw a get-out-of-free card on the sin of gluttony. I mean, we would just eat and eat and eat all different kinds of meats and homemade breads and side salads with all of the, fix- all of the fixings. And I mean, those mashed potatoes are creamy. And it was a plate that just slowly piled higher and higher and higher until you didn't think you could fit anything more on the plate. And then, then you would cover the whole thing with gravy and it just was this rich, oozing goodness and it just like slid down your throat and it was so good. Oh, I could just... Anybody up for a second Thanksgiving? Oh, it was just so good. And when you thought you were stuffed and you couldn't eat anymore... And they would bring out the pies and the desserts and the cakes and the, oh, it was like you had to wash it down with coffee. It was just so good. There was this idea of abundance. And, and, and then we would, oh, then we would watch football while the aunts and uncles talked and some people would fall into a food coma and take a nap. But in my family, it didn't end there. Family and football only served as an intermission to let the food settle. Then we would do this rally for round two of Thanksgiving dinner. And in Thanksgiving dinner, we would warm up the leftovers. And in life, there are two different distinct types of leftovers. One type of leftovers is where the food was okay in round one, but leftovers were a poor resemblance. And, and you would eat the leftovers because you're trying to save a buck or two before Christmas. But oh, there's a second type of leftovers where the leftovers were almost better than the first. I mean, who saves the best for last? But the crazy thing about Thanksgiving with my family is not only were there leftovers and were they amazing, but there was so much food that there were leftovers to the leftovers. I mean, in some cultures, you make a plate to take home. In my family, you made a bag full of Tupperware. Everybody gets sent home with leftovers. I mean, talk about overflow. But what I love about Thanksgiving 
is what it teaches us about the heart of God. That's exactly the kind of God that we serve. That is exactly the picture of the feast that God was commanding his people to celebrate his goodness. He wants them to remember, to remember that he is rich in love, to remember that he is full of compassion and mercy. There is no scarcity in God. To remember that there is an overflowing in goodness, like that rich gravy that pours over everything to the point of being extravagant. And there is, there is more than enough. There are leftovers of the leftovers, and even they are good. And so what do I want us to see this morning? You see, last week, Pastor Mike talked about opening our eyes to see all of the blessings that are around us at Thanksgiving season. But today, I want you to experience the overflow of God's goodness in your life and to take time to receive from Him. And maybe you are here this morning wondering, when are you going to catch a break? Life hasn't been fair. And, and maybe you are feeling the full force of not feeling like you are enough. Maybe it's, it's choices you've made, or maybe it's choices that have happened to you, and it's not your fault at all, but you're feeling broken, and you're in the midst of something, and you feel like you're Israel in Egypt, and you're going, God, this isn't fair. And maybe, just maybe, that, that lie that's hanging out in the back of your mind and sitting heavy on your heart is there like those pickles wondering if there's enough. And maybe you believe that God is holding out of you, on you. But don't believe it is an accident that you are here this morning. I believe that, the God, I believe that God wants you to not only know about this truth, but I believe that God wants you to experience it today to soak in the blessings that God wants to pour out on each one of us in his grace, to know that you know that you know. And maybe you need to slow down and to build a booth, you know, maybe do something with your hands this week to, to build a testimony of God's, a, a tabernacle or a, some sort of rock Ebenezer that says, thus far God has been with me to remind us of God's faithfulness in the past. Or maybe to pour some proverbial gravy on your life, to don't throw away your leftovers, but to take time and to really enjoy them, to really enjoy God's presence this week, to cut out some time in the midst of your busy schedule and to just be with God. And so this week, I wanna challenge you to think about how you most enjoy God's presence. What does that look like for you? Where do you most experience the closeness of God? Is it in prayer and Bible study? Then I challenge you to start each and every day this week with a prayer and a verse where you experience some closeness with God. Or maybe for you, it's reading a book that really encourages you. Cut out some time to go to a good coffee shop or sit in the corner of your house with the sun or shining in or the rain coming in and just 
experience God. Or maybe it's listening to some worship music. We often surround ourselves by music. I really enjoy a good song, but maybe maybe take some time to listen to something that's going to inspire you and lift your spirit. Or maybe it's simply going for a walk to enjoy God's presence and his beautiful creation. But whatever it is, take time to slow down and to be present with God today. But whatever you choose this week, Do something to remember and to soak in God's presence. And then just as at the end of 2 Corinthians 9, let that rich abundance of God's grace and love and generosity turn your heart towards those who are around you this holiday season. Think about a way in which, in a simple way, just this week, you can share some of the abundance of what God has poured into your life and to share it with someone else. You see, God is up to something in each one of our lives. God is up to something in our world. And sometimes we are are so focused on what we don't have or missing out that that we miss what we do have. Sometimes you are like me and I get so focused on on how many of grandma's pickles somebody else is going to get that that I don't take time to truly enjoy her pickles and, and to actually thank her for them. Which reminds me, I need to call her this week and get that recipe. It may take time, but I am sure that it's going to be worth it. But but more importantly, no matter if you are living in a booth in Sukkoth or in a van down by the river, it is important to take time and to be thankful for the blessings God has given you, given each one of us, because His goodness is more than enough. And he wants you to see and experience that this week. God is more than enough for you. And so as we close this morning, I just want to invite you in the midst of whatever it is that that you are experiencing this week, whatever it is that you are struggling with, I just invite you to just take a moment to open your hands And to think about those places in your life where you're experiencing scarcity. That where you're experiencing a lack. And you say, God, I want to experience your abundance. I want to experience leftovers upon leftovers. I want to experience that rich, extravagant gravy, as David says in Psalm 23, that just overflows. And I want to remember your goodness in my life today. If that's you, I invite you to just open your hands as we pray. Father God, thank you so much for all of the ways in which you have been faithful to the people of Israel throughout all of the generations. And God, how you have been faithful in our lives even to this point today. And God, where we are broken, where we are hurting, where we are experiencing lack, where we feel like we're sitting in a booth in Sukkoth, God, help us to remember your faithfulness. Help us to experience a fresh outpouring of your overflow, which is just your goodness and love and grace to the point of there being an overflow of of leftovers upon leftovers upon leftovers, your grace, your Holy Spirit in our life this week. 
God, I pray that we would experience you as more than enough, more than we could ever ask or imagine. And for each person who is hurting this morning, God, we don't minimize that, but we just invite you to come and to walk with us. And for that person who is experiencing doubt, God, we hold on to hope for them today and we hold space for them today. God, would you walk in your spirit with us today? We give all of this to you. In your powerful and beautiful name we pray, amen. Well, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. We want you to know that you are loved and that you are seen. And if there's anything we can do for you, a prayer request or anything, don't hesitate to reach out to us at sgbic.com. We love you, we appreciate you, and thank you so much for being here with us. May you experience God as Jireh, Jehovah Jireh today, more than enough. You are loved. Have a great week.